Ah, man. Well, we're back. And let me tell you, it's been a long time since we did a pod, dude. Yeah, I know. I would say it's been a hot 20 minutes or so. Um, but uh, we are back with a uh, kind of sporadic on the... <coughs> on the Uh, on the spot uh, uh, kind of a sporadic on the spot off the cuff episode we're just gonna chill out we didn't watch any shitty movies to kill ourselves over Uh, Dan did not send me any messages such as I hate you for making me watch this as he did for 2014's Godzilla (laughs) Um, I think that we're just gonna rap yeah. This is like what when your shitty school counselor just wants to rap. Yeah, we're just gonna rap. You're um, like the guidance counselor from Freaks and Geeks. Let's talk about first uh, some trailers that we saw today um, at the movie theater. Uh, yeah. Some good, some really interesting. Um, Last Blood, Rambo, Last Blood. That looked awesome. Fucking. That looked kick ass, dude. Stallone, baby. Are you a Rambo fan? Oh, dude, I am a fan of everything Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Everything the man has touched has some value. All right, I'm going to count down from three, and then you say your favorite Stallone movie, all right? No, no, no. Uh, I have, dude, there's, like, so many eras, but, I mean. No. Uh, you ready? Uh, just say a movie. Just one more second. Three, two, one. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd! Tell me you're being for real, too. Yeah, I'm being for real. I love Judge Dredd. You know, you know how hated that movie is. I know, I think it's insane that it's hated. And you think that he's good in it? No, like, I think the, no, I think the movie is just severely entertaining and hilarious. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, you know. Okay. I picked more of the movie where he wrote and directed and did his best performance, but I also enjoy uh, Judge Tread. Rob Schneider is pretty much fire in that movie. Yeah. Um, well, oh, wait, you know what I did forget about Demolition Man? Duh. I mean, Demolition uh, yeah. Man is the correct right. version that, of yeah, Judge Dredd. No, that's what you want to do it again? I, I will, yeah. Ready? Three, Three, two, one. Judge, Judge Dredd. Dredd. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> pretty terrible uh, but also pretty amazing <laughs> I thought it looked awesome um, I, I guess you would probably not know this because you know you're not as like hip as I am but there's an Old Town Road remix that was the song playing in the background That's what is like, that it's the new Macarena basically um, okay with the kids it's a rapper named Lil Nas X uh, he has a song called Old is he related to Nas no he has right. a song called Old Town we're, we're Road. We're doing that now. He has a song called Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm going to be, com- be Lil the Beatles X. <laughs> Is that cool? Um, That's kosher now, right? It's kosher now. Um, yeah, he has a song called Old Town Road. Um, it's about like drinking lean and driving a tractor, and it's it's country. And oh, it's, this is that one that like topped the fucking country yes, charts, yes. and then they like yes. fucking tried to kill white slave master him out of it. They did. Yeah. So they took him off the country charts. Yeah. Um, long story short, that was the song playing in the trailer, which I thought was absurd. <laughs> I cannot believe that got through, but uh, that was incredible. Um, the new Terminator looks like shit. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, Connor, horrible, Sarah Connor looks like a fully smoked cigarette. Uh, Linda Hamilton looks like Roger Moore post-mortem. <laughs> she has the the skin of a fucking bearded dragon. Dude, nothing in that trailer looked good. The fucking CG looked horrible. Oh, dude. Dude. Dude, that... Dude. The, Arnold's reveal <laughs> was awesome and you weren't looking. And he was on yeah. scene for... Point four yeah. seconds. He's just like an old man. Yeah, he looked I mean, like he's he looked got like, the same look on his face that he's had the past couple movies, where he's like, "Why have you dragged me out of my coffin to make this <laughs> fucking movie?" He looks like again. He looks like the giver. Look, Terminator One, amazing T2. for its budget. Yeah, T2. if you haven't seen it in years, I mean, it's shocking how cheap looking it is, but it's amazing. T Two is the same movie as T One, just beefed up, and that is where they should have left it. There's not a good one after that. I'm sorry. 
Um, I've seen all of them in theaters. I like, I like Terminator 3 with the with the chick and the Solid red spandex. Great summer popcorn movie. Yeah. But like, but people hate that. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a movie series that... It's no different than Godzilla. They just keep fucking it up again and again and again and again. What, what was it? Terminator uh, Rise of the Machines? That was... Or the, the, personally, that was my least favorite. The one with... um. Christian Bale, I thought was so yeah, dour. Yeah, that was so weird. It was so, How so How did I end dour. up in a situation where I saw that? That doesn't seem like something I would go see by choice. Mm, I don't know. You see a lot of things by choice that are pretty shocking. So. But I saw that in the theater, yeah, which I never go to the theater. Why would I have gone to see that? I don't know. That had to have been I took someone on a date, too. I've seen all of the Terminator movies in theaters, and it's like, huh? I think the third one is the best since the second, but yeah. a lot of people hated that. Alright, so It 2. We Trash. saw the It 2 It trailer. 2 looks amazing. That was you want to watch It 1. That was no. probably in the top five best trailers I ever saw, I oh, think. okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting trailer. It's almost a full scene that they put into it, which it is was one of my favorite fucking scenes terrifying. in the book. One of the finest scenes in the book is this crazy old lady situation. Um, and I'm really excited for it. It Chapter 2 is where you learn about where it came from and, what, I mean, the crazy... Th- Madness. I'm, I'm gonna go home mythology. and watch it one tonight. It one is good. Um, I'm lifelong like that is so precious to me. I mean, that is the f- novel I probably first full uh, horror novel I ever read as yeah. a kid, and it changed my life forever. I mean, I, th- I thought I was bound to be a writer just from reading it. It was like the most expansive thing I'd ever experienced. That's how I was with Pet Cemetery. Aren't they making a Pet Cemetery movie? It already came out. It came out. Yeah. When? Uh, this year, did you see? It? I haven't seen it yet. We should do it I'd like, like for our, we should do it for our like Halloween spectacular. The eighties Pet Cemetery movie is fucking garbage. This one is supposed to be really good. Really got great reviews. Didn't the, the, like I, I was reading didn't didn't like the son not die though in this one. They changed it to the girl, but apparently it works well and it's interesting. So okay. I'm willing to give it a shot, even though I was ready to throw it in the garbage. I did just a, upon hearing. That. I did a book report on Pet Cemetery in fourth grade, and I got in trouble for choosing that book. Hmm. It's a good book. It's which I said, dark. no, fuck yourself, teach. Mr. Kata. Fuck yourself, teach. Baby. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that, that It Chapter 2 trailer was cool. Bill Hader's killing it right now. He's going to be excellent. Is he movie. in the first one? No, see the... Okay, so the book uh, is the story of... Yeah, it jumps around a, gr- a group of children uh, experiencing something and their adult selves experiencing yeah. something, uh, running concurrently. Uh, the miniseries with Tim Curry from the 90s, yep. which I do not recommend you watching. I've, I've seen that. Particularly again. Ever. I've seen that a bunch of times. Um, I've read most of the book, too. I never finished it, but I read yeah, it. Yeah, but um, uh, that movie they did uh, the first week it aired, the kids' story, the second week it aired, the adult story. The adult story was very controversial from the miniseries. Many people said that that was the least effective part of the whole thing. So when they went to go do these movies again, they said, we're just going to do like the kids' version and see how that works out. Um, and you know, even though at the end of that movie they say it chapter two is coming, if that movie was a colossal failure, it wouldn't have happened. Right. So the last one was kind of Stranger Things because it's like young yeah. kids experiencing it. Right. This one, it's all adults who are cast as the adult versions of these kids coming back to the town cool. to deal with it I didn't, once again. I didn't know that it was like that the adults weren't in the first one. <clears throat> they are not in it at all. Weird. Because I think they wanted to make a singular movie, yeah. even though it says it coming up, it chapter two at the end, or no, at the end of it chapter one, it says it, but under it it says chapter one, which wasn't in the press and wasn't right. in the trailers. So that was their way of saying, you know, yeah. if this works out, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, we we did notice that we cut out half of the book. Yeah, yeah, and and that half of the book. It could be well done if done right, and it looks like it's it, been done right. Isn't so. it insane how many fucking successful properties have been made from Stephen King books? Yeah, and also, I mean, as many as unsuccessful, you know. Yeah, but I don't care about those. I don't care about them either. I've seen all of them, and I own most of them. But you can fucking like Stand by Me. Stand by Me. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Rob um, Ryder, baby. Uh, in terms of uh, other recent like explosions uh in the world of things you may or may not care about um the new batman has been cast and confirmed by wb it is robert pattinson of twilight fame um bold choice <clears throat> bold choice however i'm all about it okay <laughs> i think it's going to be great um who's solely directing? on the fact that who's directing it well it was matt reeves for a while i don't know who's doing it now but it's going to be a dark, gritty detective reboot of, like, a young Batman. Okay. Uh, I, I, Do we like, know any other cast? Uh, 
not off the top of my head, um, but they're casting like uh, some of the Rogues Gallery. I don't know. Wait, I want to say I have a friend named Kyle who said who believes in earnest that Ben Affleck was the best Batman. Here's the thing about that. Uh, I frequent a lot of movie sites and blogs, uh, WB related, DC related. There are people that believe that Zack Snyder's version of Batman is the most superior, that those films, Man of Steel, Justice League, uh, now I guess Aquaman, Wonder Woman, those are some sort of holy ground. They're the best of the best. They're very mad about Zack Snyder being pushed out of DC and them kind of rebooting everything. And I see people posting on this, on the, you know, like where I read this, um, just bashing this decision, making fun of Robert Pattinson, blah, blah, blah. First of all, Robert Pattinson over the past couple of years has made some fantastic movies. Um, there's, he worked with David Cronenberg and did a movie called Cosmopolis that I really enjoyed. Um, but also, um, he made a movie called Good Time, which, any human being listening to this podcast who wants to see just an incredible drop, like one of the one of the most effective movies in quite some time, watch Good Time. It's basically him and his uh, mentally handicapped brother get into a really bad situation uh, with a bunch of gangsters, and it's super violent, super edgy. Uh, Robert Pattinson is incredible in it. Um, Robert Pattinson is basically having like a career renaissance. He's in a sci-fi movie that's out right now called High Life that everyone seems to be enjoying. Um, I didn't really like it so much. But his performance in it is great. And I think he's going to be a fine Batman. I can see him easily being uh, a good Batman. So I'm, I'm on board for that. I hated Ben Affleck. I thought he was awful. I thought Batman versus Superman is, in, in my opinion, top three most disappointing Films of my lifetime. Yeah. Period. Dude, Batman versus Superman. Top three. I And I, I consider myself a fan of Ben Affleck. I don't have the aversion to him that most people do. I'm, you know, big fan of Chasing Amy. He's just, everything he's and, in, he's Ben Affleck. You, I cannot see him as other characters. He, he doesn't get lost in his what roles. What about uh, Smoke and Aces? I don't like, I don't like remember that movie totally. That awesome. movie fucking rules. With Jeremy Piven as yeah. the magician and, and, does and their tons of yak. To kill him and yeah, it was enjoyable. Everyone's but, in that movie. Alicia Keys is in that movie yeah, for a second. Like a, I'm sure Common's in that movie. It's on. <laughs> we yeah. saw a trailer today with Common in it. Which yeah. one was it? I, oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious presents. presents. Dude, we should probably see that there's, movie in 40x. There's no chance. Actually. None? So I've it, never seen a single one of them. Is that the one with fucking? It was Jason Statham and The Rock. Yes. You've never seen a single Fast and Furious. Not, you haven't not seen a the one. first one. Not a one. The first one's really good. I, the only one I've seen is about eighty percent of Tokyo Drift at my friend's house okay. in his basement during a party. The That's first like, Fast and Furious movie is pretty good. I doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is Fast and Furious. This is like the same as like when you see like a shitty direct to DVD sequel, like American Pie presents Bandcamp. Except this has The Rock and Jason Statham. Dude, and Idris Elba as yeah, Black Superman. Yeah, yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. What the I think fuck we may need Yeah, we should watch that movie probably. It seems like it's going to be... Like, I don't need to see the 11 before it, but I wouldn't put it past you for making me watch it after Godzilla 14, but... No. Uh, no, no. Those movies. Oof. I've, uh... I like, I like Jason Statham. You know, I like The Transporter. I like Lockstock and like Two Smoking just Snatch and Lockstock, and I think almost everything else he's ever done is terrible. But yo, whoa, whoa, he's, whoa! He's funny whoa. when they make him funny. Hold up, Crank Two, greatest movie. Crank Two, high voltage baby, high voltage baby, dude. Have you ever one gone? of the greatest movies of our time? Yeah, honestly, dude. They do that at Midnight Madness. Any person who hasn't seen Crank Two, high, high voltage. voltage, that is a. 10 out of 10. Like, it is an unstoppable movie. <laughs> no, I'm... Like, for no, real. I That's one of the most gonzo genius movies ever yeah. made. Um, fucking hell yeah. Dude, it's my freshman year of college, they did they awesome. did a thing where they they set up a screen at the foot of our Olympic swimming pool and fucking let you float around while they played Crank 2 High Voltage. And, you know, festivals are alright, but that, that was an experience, dude. You fucking eat a couple. Never mind. Crank two What's baby. That, Dan? What? <laughs> there's that one. Dude, there's that two. one crank shot where he's the drug. He's, that he's, you need he's to banging Amy Smart in front of like the, the fucking, whole audience. Yeah. The racetrack on the racetrack. Yeah. When they turn into kaiju monsters at the end of that movie, <laughs> it made my heart like beat. Like that is uh, that the two minutes of that movie when they're giant monsters is yeah. better than anything on this. Dude, movie. the fa- that movie it's like the, better, it's amazing. Dude, like 
that someone had, had the vision to like create a movie with that sort of, sort of pacing is, is so funny. Then, then they gave those guys Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is going to be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. And it was not. Spoiler alert, it was not. Spoiler alert, it sucked ass. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, so, yeah, that, right. that so, was a bummer. What else was there? Uh, I think that was it. That was, that's pretty much like all the news that's fit to print. Wait, no, there was there was that all-female uh, Melissa McCarthy thing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, from the makers of the all-female Melissa McCarthy Ghostbusters comes The Depadded, featuring all women. It was like American Gangster. It was based women. on a comic, though, because I saw a, Vertigo, I saw, I saw a Vertigo logo, and that's like my favorite comic oh, really? producer, but I didn't. I never heard of this property, so I had no idea what it was, and I don't remember what it was called. Spoiler alert, it's basically a gangster movie with Tiffany Haddish and yeah. Melissa McCarthy, and yeah. it's not a comedy. And it's exactly what, yeah, it's not a comedy at all. It's not. There's like it's a lot about Melissa McCarthy's shitty relationship with her kids. It 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 was. It looked upsetting. Yeah, it didn't look like a fun movie at all. Not it didn't look harrowing, but no. it it looked. Not it might be good. They'll be like, if you liked Melissa McCarthy when she was taking a dump in a sink in Bridesmaids, <laughs> you'll love her when she's dealing with her children as a gangster. And <laughs> So yeah, that looked like shit. What was the name of that? Was that Ocean's 12? or? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that oh, was. Man. I think that was called uh, Fast and Furious Presents Mother May I Sleep with Danger. <laughs> yeah, ex- yes, that's exactly the title. How'd you forget all of that? Uh, um, I uh, have one more update to report to you, and then we're going to talk to you a little bit about some new advancements in uh, movie-watching technology that you've discovered. Okay. Um yeah, I'm getting like getting interested in some David Lynch stuff. It's bothering me because I really, you and I have bonded over the fact that the David Lynch stuff is just like beyond. I feel like it's rare that you find you put like two film people in the same room and find out that they, they both, both hate don't David, like Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah. So like nothing he's done has ever done it for me at all. Makes I like just I bad. like Blue Velvet. I love Blue Velvet. Just kidding. Yeah, I forgot about that. But besides Lost that, Lost Highway like, is not just terrible his whole, either. His, yeah, and uh, what was the one Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern? Um, Wild, Wild at Heart. Yeah, that's actually really that's pretty good, good too. Fuck. Oh, so the thing is, so I we're guess, we're yeah. a fan of nineteen ninety 1990 through nineteen ninety three. David Lynch. The thing is that uh, in in reading a lot about uh, Denis Villeneuve's um, Dune that is going to be coming out uh, in a year or two. I was like, oh, I should rewatch the old Dune. It's been like 10 or 15 years, and I was watching it, and uh, wow, I had like a little religious experience. I was like super chill, you know what I mean? Like I had eaten all my vitamins for the day and had burnout kind of watching other stuff and like couldn't decide what to watch, and I watched five minutes of this movie and five minutes of that movie. And then, uh, you know, you get to the point of the night when, especially like when where I'm, it's when I'm time, myself, baby. where like my eyes are crossed yeah. and I'm like, my brain can't even accept any more new information. And I was like, <laughs> it's Dune time, baby. Yeah. So I threw on Dune and I got fucking lost in this bitch. <laughs> like it is mental that this movie ever got made. Like not because it's like this crazy book, not because of anything really. It's that the the way the tone and the way that it's handled and all the performances, it's like it, it's like being like on tranquilizers. It's <laughs> so odd. And like every single character has like internal monologue. Like the entire movie is I would say eighty percent internal monologue. Now I did some reading into it. Apparently the spice melange, which is this mystical property in Dune makes it so that you're telepathic. So in the book, they're always speaking in telepathy to each other. But David Lynch doesn't bother to explain that in the movie. So basically, like, they'll cut to Kyle Kyle McLaughlin. What's his name? Uh, The actor? That Okay, anyway. They would cut to him. And, uh, you know, he'd be, like, needing to react. But then all of a sudden, he'd be like, How am I feeling right now? Should I trust the Duke? Should I do the spice? Should I go across the galaxy? And it was like so unsettling. Right. And then, and then you realize every character is doing this now. And and it was like I was like it was like falling down a well. Yeah. And it was it was bad and it was amazing and it looked really cool and it was just bonkers. And I was like, this is the weirdest tone. How do you even nail this tone? And then last night I got cross-eyed again and was like, what the fuck should I watch? Like. Dune went down too. the rabbit hole. Went down the rabbit hole. Don't have Dune anymore. 
I'm gonna try Twin Peaks one more time. Now, okay. I tried Twin Peaks 40 times. And like like the the show or the show. like Firewalk with me. Firewalk with me is to be watched later. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm doing it right. Okay. Episode one. Yeah. Of the show. Um, and I've hated it. I've watched it like eight times. Every time I watch it, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Last night, I'm like, holy shit. Really? What the fuck? I have the exact same experience with happening? Twin Peaks. I've tried to watch Twin Peaks <laughs> in my life like 15 times, and I never get past the second episode. It never, ever works. And that may never. Okay? Because I'm only one in. Yeah. Um, but just uh, Kyle McLaughlin's performance in it as the FBI agent, he is on a fucking like if Nicolas Cage like did tranquilizers he's like in his own fucking universe yeah every two seconds he's like picking up a tape recorder and talking to someone named Diane I feel like it's something they'll never explain he's like Diane I'm entering the house blah 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 he says it a hundred times yeah. in the episode they do not mention once and inevitably what that's about. some of our listeners are like you fucking idiot you haven't even watched yeah, the show yeah, like, they're gonna be really mad yeah. about this but listen don't you know that they're I'm, talking listen, about Diane Chambers from listen, Cheers I'm fucking trying Okay, I'm trying to get what everybody wants me to get. And I went to film school where I had to do Mulholland Drive in a very advanced film dissection course. And I did not enjoy myself in that at all. As a result, I watched Blue Velvet and I love that movie. But like Mulholland Drive, I think for both of us, is where we spun off the track. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned last week's episode, or two weeks ago's episode, that that was, that I, I consider that my go to least favorite movie. It pains me. I mean, that movie is like a, a riddle wrapped inside a box, but then like wiped on a butt and like thrown at the garbage. It makes no sense. Like it's it's nonsense. Yeah. Someone, someone, someone's yelling into their car radio right yeah. now. Like you don't understand the. You level. don't get Naomi Watts's lesbian relationship. Yeah, Liz was uh, playing 4D chess with us, dude. No. Yeah. No. Fuck that movie. Fuck it. You hear that? People, I'll, the I'll same probably people, try it again after this and then have to the, recant. The, the same people who love Mulholland Drive are the same people who think fucking Donnie Darko is the greatest movie ever, and you can go fuck yourselves, baby. You don't, you don't like Donnie Darko? No. I love Donnie Darko. All right, well, go fuck yourself. Okay, I'll give it a shot, but <clears throat> um, not on air. Why do you like Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko, right place at the right time. There's a nihilistic element to that movie that resonated with me much as Fight Club did in the fuck it just fuck everything. That was the attitude of Donnie Darko as a character. Um, his apathy was in line with the exact feelings I was feeling at the time. I mean, I don't know what age you were when that came out, but that hit me right when I was an artistic teenager and nailed me. I mean, exploded my mind at the time. Now, I haven't rewatched it in, in many years, um, okay. but the effect on me was profound and everlasting. It was a really cool sci-fi movie and a really cool... Teen, teenage coming of age movie without being any of those things. I think you should rewatch it because it was like my know, favorite movie it. when it came up, and then I rewatched it like five years ago, and I was like, "This fucking is some pretentious Lynchian bullshit." Yeah. This is what yeah. that movie makes me do. What the fuck? What the fuck? Dan's got my Godzilla figure with his hands up in the air. What the fuck? Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm giving David Lynch a shot, and I'll update you as we go along. Maybe. Uh, this was a good posing you did here. Maybe I'll uh, continue to like things and go back to Holland Drive. And I tried so hard, you know, when you when you you're a kid and you get into film, you 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 find out you're supposed to like David Lynch. So I went out, I fucking convinced my dad to order me a copy of Eraserhead. I watched Eraserhead. I convinced myself I liked it so that I could tell my friends how cool it was, and then I'd show it to my friends who weren't really getting into film, and they were like, "What is this fucking movie you're making me watch?" Eraserhead's pretty cool. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's, fine. it's, it's, it's <laughs> pretty cool. Like I guess, like it's like people fucking treat it like it's goddamn Citizen Kane. Mm. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Wh- whoever you, whoever you are who just had that thought. You're like fucking. You know what's more like Citizen Kane is fucking Eraserhead. Those people exist, and I'm saying you go fuck yourselves. And you, and you want to know? Yeah, they do the at the Ritz in Philly on uh, Walnut. They do like Midnight Madness throughout the summer, mm-hmm. and like. They're always doing crank two high voltage, and I went one time, and it was so awesome. And then, like, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll stay because they'll also do fucking Eraserhead. And then I got mad at myself that I had the moment where I'm sitting there like so pumped to go see crank two high voltage, but I can't wrap my brain around Eraserhead. Uh, crank two high voltage is high art. Yeah, that's why, dude. It's like everything about like Snatch with all the fast paced cameras, where you're like, and then like I, Snatch came out, and I was like, there's no way camera editing can get quicker than this. And then the Born Identity came out, and I was like, "Wow, this really is like hurting my eyes. How fast is it?" <laughs> and Craig Two High Voltage came out, and was like, "We're gonna do that, but just blast trance beats under it for three straight hours." 
Um, well, what do you say, Dan? You want to talk about the Criterion app? Um, yeah. Dan's got his own little thing going on. I'm going to let him do it while I take a nap. Are you are you a fan of the Criterion Collection? I assume you are. I own many, many. Yeah. Films. So for those who don't know the Criterion, I guess you'd call like a film society company uh, dedicated to restoring great cinema from be it independent cinema in America or worldwide. Um, generally, they'll release like a, a remastered version with the best bonus features you've ever seen. Their DVD sets have always been very expensive because they're very expansive. The go-to ones are like Back if, if you get day. like the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas DVD set, yeah. it's got like a thousand fucking Back in the day documentaries. When and... DVDs were very hot, that is when Criterion's were at their height of being expensive. Like you would go to buy one, it would be like sixty bucks. Yeah, you'd have to like reserve it. They'd yeah. announce they'd like announce their movies for the year. You'd have to like reserve the problem it. Problem now is that in this day and age. You don't have to go to Suncoast Video anymore. Right. So like, uh, that's what the problem was. So that's probably Until why they now. made this app. Yeah. Because they know that they're in a market that's not doing right. Great. So it's it's they're very important for the preservation of film. But if no one's buying DVDs, they you know they have to exist with the time. So what they did at first was partner up with Hulu. So this was, I'd say, when in about 2010. What, and they put all their titles on Hulu? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Hulu for a long time had a bunch. This is like prototype Hulu. Like before you could even like, you know, Hulu started, it was like a free app. Yeah. And then they switched to a payment. It was like five bucks a month. Commercials weren't even a thing, but they had a lot. There was a criterion section. That was for a couple years. So I had that. Um, Then they got rid of that and Criterion partnered up with a company called Filmstruck. Mm -hmm. Filmstruck was an amazing interface that was, it was basically like an app of something like the Sundance Channel or IFC, highlighting independent movies, but Criterion put their entire collection on there. Okay. The problem with them is they, it was pretty expensive, it was like 20 bucks a month or something like that, and they never made an app. The app was like very complicated, it was like a great interface for, it had a great algorithm for recommending movies, um, but that they never got the funding together to make the app work with a good amount of smart TVs, so it wouldn't work on any of my TVs. It wouldn't work with PS4. Um, right. So you could only watch it through a browser, so it never really took off. And then out of nowhere, it just they went bankrupt in the fall, at which point Criterion had no deal with anyone. Their DVDs, since so few people buy them, they're like 60 bucks. Still, no one's buying $60 DVDs for a movie from France that they've never heard of. They just want to see it. Right. So, out of nowhere, with very little press, they just dropped the Criterion Channel app. Okay. Like, about a month or so ago. Okay. And what's that like? <laughs> it's, uh... How it's, many titles are we talking here? Like, endless? Like, tons? Yeah, tons. Like, all their... Do you think all their stuff is on there? Or? No, all their stuff is not on there, I'd say. So, I think there's about, like... 800 official Criterion DVD releases. Gotcha. I'd say the app probably has like 600 of them so far. Hmm. Um, but what's great about it is that on top of that, it has all the bonus features from all of them as well. Cool. So you go into That's the movie. Awesome. You go into the movie. It has commentary tracks you can choose. There's little features. So that's how it should be on like Netflix and shit. Yeah. There should be yeah. fucking bonus features. Um, and then the cool thing is that if if you're working at Netflix right yeah. now and you're listening to this, can you put some fucking bonus features on Yoga Hosers, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see mostly the backstage uh, antics of. Right. One Harley Quinn Smith in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Now 18. Yeah, now 18, so it's fine. <laughs> We're good. Um, Above board, baby. <laughs> yeah. But they also have a lot of original content mm. where they'll have, like, week- weekly shows where they get, like... What? Yeah, really? Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, modern film criticism. I may need your login for this. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I think I need to buy this yeah. if you're listening. Criterion. Yeah, so they have, they have, like, a weekly thing where... Um, they'll get different celebrities come in to, who are like also like actually cinephiles and like get them to talk about their stuff. There's like I watched a whole little documentary about Bill Hader's relationship to fucking like Cassavetes, or no, sorry, that was uh, Michael Imperioli's relationship to Cassavetes. There's like tie-in articles on their website and stuff. Cool. Um, and then they also have the rights to a bunch of like the IFC and Sundance Channel programming from the early '90s. Okay. Um, so like I was watching a little documentary that aired on Sundance in like '97 
or 98 of Kevin Smith promoing Chasing Amy. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Ken Burns Auschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's in the bonus features for Schindler's List. Um, so it's just lots of pieces of film history. Um, the app itself, not the best for navigating, adding stuff to your list and stuff Ooh. like that. How many golden guns would you give the app? So if, like... Like hardware. It's not as it's not as bad or counterintuitive as the Amazon Prime streaming app, which I think is the worst streaming app of all time. How all the shows are set into seasons instead of just like under a series banner. That's like the dumbest choice ever. Yeah. Very convoluted. Um and like I guess Netflix would be like the gold standard. I'd say it's it's worse than Hulu, but better than Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um it's not great, but it's also the very first edition. Like there could be it's one update away from being great. Okay. Um well, when that update hits, can you give me your login? I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, what? Yeah. No, so the point being is I am watching a ton yes. of fucking movies all, like, all over the place. Like, like Godzilla 14. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. But but it has, like, all the old Godzilla movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, like. I wouldn't put it past you and, to throw on the original. And you can, s- you can sort by, like, country of origin and stuff. So, like, today I want to watch, like, an Austrian movie. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's good. Well, that being said, what have you watched and how did you feel about it? All right. I'm going to run down, run through a couple. Uh, I'm going to do some. Three three blurbs I wrote for three three, three movies blurbs. that I watched three in the movies. last week. The segment is called Three Blurbs. Yeah, so we'll come up with a name eventually. So we'll um, I'll run through these and then afterwards you can tell me if you've seen any of them. Have yeah. all right. So dun da da da. Certified copy. What is a 2010 French bittersweet comedy drama by Iranian director Abbas Kiarostami? Already hard. About a woman's day meeting a middle-aged writer who's in town promoting his latest book, Rock but hard. you soon discover their relationship is not really what it seems. Starring my favorite actress of all time, Juliette Binoche, Juliette, Juliette Binoche and world-famous opera singer William Chamel. Certified copy contains unbelievably realistic dialogue, beautiful camera work, and one of Binoche's most wonderful, heart-wrenching performances, for which she won the Best Actress Award at the 2010 Cannes Film Festival. Is she nudity at all? No, zero nudity. I don't know, Ben. Best Actress Award at Cannes. Certified copy is... Hey, this this is the moment where you're not going to (laughs) talk. Liberals do. All right, certified copy is an hour and a half of nothing but two people talking, switching consistently between three languages... And it manages to be more intriguing than most things you will see this year. and contains such a subtle twist that you don't even realize it happened until you're well past its implications. Nine out of ten golden guns. Pew pew! Jagoku. Oh, can I talk again? No. Okay. Jagoku. Oh, well, whatever. No, it's fine. You want to talk about certified copy? No, no, All right. Jagoku. God bless you. Is a 1960 <laughs> Japanese proto-horror film. What does that even? What do you even mean by that? What does proto horror mean to you? Oh, I'll, I'll get there. Okay. Oh wait, I'm not supposed to. Do yeah, this. by director uh, Nobuo Nakagawa. Classic. About a young theology student's journey into literal hell, with cinematography and effects that are shockingly ahead of their time. Jigoku's impressive production cannot make up for its absurd plot, which manages to somehow both be overly simplistic and obscenely convoluted at the same time. Hmm. Worth watching to see how a low-budget budget film from 1960 manages to actually depict hell. Spoiler alert, it's fucking gruesome, and as to be expected, well beyond anything that would have been allowed in American cinema in 1960. Hmm. And interesting to view as a historical document, as it illuminates the beginning of Japan's superiority and innovation over the horror genre that continues today, but ultimately undershot by its absurd plot trying to spin so many webs that it's tough to maintain interest through the second act. Um, if you're interested in horror or... Proto-horror. Yeah, I'm saying proto-horror because you can see a very common thread yeah. between this and, like, the Japanese movies of today where you're just like, holy shit, they're so fucking subversive and just, like, w- just willing to tackle everything. Mm-hmm. That, like, you, you, I'd watch this movie and think of it as being, like, for us, it would be, like, a late 70s, like, exploitation horror film. Mm-hmm. And this was made in 1960, mm-hmm. and it's fucking insane. And it the effects are gruesome as fuck. Um, so yeah I would consider watching the if you're interested I'd consider just watching the beginning and climax scene for studious purposes but not actually as like a work of entertainment fair enough Um, 6.8 golden guns Mm. Uh, breaking the waves have you seen this nice (laughs) have you seen breaking the waves Uh, no alright breaking the waves is a 1996 drama by Lars von Trier 
And as expected, it is super fucked up. Con- construction worker Stellan Skarsgård of Goodwill Hunting fame marries naive, innocent Emily Watson in her world film debut. Um, that And after an accident le- leaves him crippled, he pressures her into having sex with strangers and describing the events to him so that he can feel something. Emily Watson's character proceeds through a morally bankrupt spiral set against the backdrop backdrop of ultra-conservative Scottish Christianity that is truly harrowing. Shout out to my co-host. The first <laughs> film by... <laughs> that just felt like that was like getting a shout out in someone's bar mitzvah speech. <laughs> shout out to my friend Craig. Yeah. The, this is the first film that uh, Von Trier made after announcing his super pretentious Dogma 95 bullshit. You mm-hmm. know, his movement to the world. So this is, um, for those who don't know, Dogma 95 was like von trier and co's proclamation of what it takes to make authentic cinema it's like a list of like like 50 rules or whatever that it would take to like count for their new fucking like rogue anarchic cinema movement involving no no built sets no post sound effects blah 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 so they made this announcement to the world. This was his first film under that banner, and then it was quickly revealed that he'd used a bunch of fake fucking sounds and a bunch of fake sets and totally broke all the what? rules. Um, Classic. Yeah, so Breaking the Waves. So yeah, first film made for, after announcing Pretentious Dogma 95, Breaking the Waves hilariously breaking a ton of the rules laid out within it. Nonetheless, this film won the Grand Prix at the 96 Con Film Festival. Um, can't say I disagree. I'm not a big Von Trier fan, as you know, but this movie had me by the balls every second, and I can't think of many better examples of subtle silence and handheld camera being used so effectively. Eight and a half golden guns. Cool. I, 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 I know you do. I'm surprised you haven't seen this. That out. Yeah. It's fucking dark. I haven't seen some of his earlier stuff. It's dark. Um, cool. That all sounds cool. Hopefully I'll get to see those things, uh, when you give me your password. So the point being, if you're going to get the Criterion app, you know, with Netflix, I don't even watch Netflix anymore because my, the big complaint is like, there's no fucking good movies on it. It's like originally produced things. If you want to watch, like, if you go in the classic movie section of Netflix, it leaves a lot to be desired unless you want to watch like Citizen Kane. If you want to watch movies that are in two to three languages and are about like, um, Really serious topics. And yeah, make you use your brain. Yeah, these are the these are the movies that you should be. That also feel like hurt. That hurt. Um, I'm gonna give the Criterion app as it's for content a ten out of ten. Golden Guns. Okay, well that's awesome. Yeah, I mean content wise is that is a tre- treasure trove. That if I were back 16 years old. Uh, and you would have told me something like that would have existed, it would have blown my mind. Yeah. This is where if you want to watch all, like, you read the list of, like, the greatest movies ever made. You want to watch yeah. Eight and a Half, you want to watch yeah. M, like, you you go on here. My film cinephile self would have had his mind blown and not been nearly as bored as I am right now. So I appreciate the rundown yeah. and all that. So I think... You should watch Battle of Algiers. Okay. It's one of my absolute favorite Criterion movies, uh, if that's on there. That movie. Add it to my list when I give you my... It's like a war movie, but it's just very effective and crazy and just well-made and it's very realistic and cool. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a nerd. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, I I have a fear that this episode's not going to be as funny as other ones. uh, No, I think... No one cares cares about me gushing about my love for fucking French art house cinema. But I'm trying to help you realize that on your own. So, um, so uh, last piece of film news that's going to take us out and home for the day um, is that an article came out this week that said um, in, in an interview with the actor who played Bran from Game of Thrones that George R. R. Martin himself told the writers that Bran would end up being king. That right. was a detail delivered down from on high. And I thought that that was pretty interesting because a lot of people found fault with that as a particular choice. And maybe that's something that'll get flushed out in the books more. I mean, Bran was missing from Game of Thrones for a whole year at one point. In one season, he literally was not in it once. Um, So some people were thrown off by him becoming the king. I guess, spoiler alert, not that anyone hasn't seen it by now. At this point, do we need to address that Game of Thrones ended? Um, Yeah, I think so. You've been telling me that we do. Yeah, but that was weeks ago now. Well, I can say this much. I liked what happened. I'm not sure I like how it happened. And I definitely love some visuals from this past season. Thought that the long night was particularly arresting, and I thought that 
the episode where the dragon murdered everyone was fucking dope as yeah. shit. I stood up and cheered when that dragon started killing everyone. My may have been my favorite on screen genocide in quite some time. Yeah. Shout out Chandler's list. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I fucking dug the ending. I know that it was rushed. I know that it could have been better. Uh, but I didn't feel it was a failure on the level as some shows that it has been compared to. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes' homepage, there's an article, Five Most Disappointing Show Endings, and Game of Thrones right. is the cover picture. I'm like, come on. Yeah, clearly they haven't seen Seinfeld. Yeah, give me a break. Yes. Oh, my God, Seinfeld was terrible. But Seinfeld was a show where nothing ever happened. Even in an episode that something actually happened, that's what felt so weird about it to me. I was like, oh, they got arrested. They're, in pr- like, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're on trial. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, Frasier stuck the landing. Oh, yeah. Frasier deaf stuck the landing. I think Lost half stuck the landing, had one foot on the board at yeah. least. Um, Sopranos, I always thought they stuck the landing, yeah. especially the penultimate yeah. Sopranos Yo. episode. Where Bobby Bacala dies in the train shop. In the fucking train dude, shop, dude. Fucking poetic, dude. dude. <laughs> it's fucking poetry. That's, I mean. She's gonna make me cry. I'm on record. I think that's the greatest show ever made. And I think it's yeah, the greatest final it. season of television ever. It's like, so many we different it. shows in, in and yeah. of itself. It's a family drama. We just rewatched it's like a it. It's sitcom. It's my third time seeing the whole series. It's also and like still, a soap opera. Last season, there was moments like people say, edge of your seat. Like, I, I noticed myself physically sitting on the edge of my seat. And Kat was like, you've seen this show three times. I'm like, yeah, fucking Tony, dude. When fucking he kills Chrissy, it's fucking... Holy shit. The buildup of tension in that final scene is so good. It didn't need a release. I know. I agree. It just got you feeling that it could have happened. Did you ever read the article about that episode that Ken Jennings wrote, the Jeopardy guy? No. He Uh, wrote an episode of the... No, he wrote like an episode synopsis about the final episode, like an analysis of it. Really? Yeah, it's killer. We'll have to read that. You'll have to send it to me. I feel like we haven't... This is the prime episode to do, like, what else have you been watching? Like, What else have I been watching? We we spent so much time talking about the magic that was Godzilla 2019 last episode. Um, Yeah, it was so good. Um, (laughs) What have I been watching? I mean, I obviously mentioned Twin Peaks and Dune. Um, I saw Avengers Endgame, which I thought was a really fitting end, but also not quite as effective as a movie as Infinity War, which was like the Empire Strikes Back of all movies to me, besides the Empire Strikes Back. Um, So I thought that that was good. That was like they stuck the landing in some ways and not others. Um, I've been watching Chernobyl, man. You got to get on the Chernobyl Yeah. It's next level television. Yeah. And, and the reason I said that it's like if Dunkirk didn't suck is because <laughs> what, what Dunkirk tried to do was show a disaster at a few different levels and a few different points of view, but it did it so murkily and so vaguely yeah. that I had no connection to anyone. This just does enough character with each person that you know who they are, you know what they're up to, what you know, why they're in it, why they're not, and they let this situation play out and it's just like watching the most like grand disaster. It's... It's like what I said, like Godzilla 2014, like tried to be, but did not. It shows the ramifications of how dangerous nuclear yeah. technology is for every living being on Earth. That, and it's that, harrowing. That uh, co-worker I told you about who's like a big fan of Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is a big fan of Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bring this guy on the pod. Because now we have a third person who do, do thinks even more whacked out things than us. Like... Should just keep adding people who are totally fucking whacked at this point. <laughs> while I'll just scream at each other, dude. Like, the it's great about the symbiosis of the moments where we like we hit that moment with Mulholland Drive. We're like, yeah, we fucking hate this. Like, there's a third party who's just like, I think Biodome is better than Clerks. Like, <laughs> um, you saying that he liked uh, Golden Gun, and honestly, all this fucking Golden Gun talk that has pervaded <laughs> since day one. Is bringing me to another point. Uh, I'm not going to thrust this upon you uh, live on the air, uh, nor am I going to demand that you agree to it in any fa- facsimile whatsoever. But I'm just going to say that I like cyclical things. I like, um, you know, how we go back and talk about our previous episodes, how things kind of link up and yada, yada, yeah. yada. Long story short. We're like the Game of Thrones of podcasts. There's another James Bond movie with Roger Moore directed by the same guy who directed <laughs> Man with the Golden Gun. And the completionist in me is mad that podcasts don't go in seasons because right. if they went a lot of podcasts go in seasons oh they do yeah actually they do <gasps> but yeah this is big news but listen 
when we do a season finale, which I think, what's well, a good show? 13 episodes? That's my favorite show count. Okay. Maybe we should do 13 eps for, for a season. Okay. You know, rejigger things afterwards, come up with some new segments, do some other shit. I don't know. New theme song. But whatever the it, season It'll be finale. like The Wire where it's like the same. Yeah. <laughs> but this one's over a ring. <laughs> I've been thinking about putting little things in it to try to like throw you off, like changing like a single note or something, <laughs> making it sour. <laughs> um... Uh, long story short, I think as a season finale, we should watch another terrible James Bond movie. And maybe even that episode, we should watch the um, Tyrion Lannister movie about the guy from uh, Man with the Golden and Gun. Then, and bring, a, bring in my friend with his fucking... And bring in your friend Shenanigans. who loves the movie and tell him he's a fucking knob. He, he's like... <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, of course I've seen I've seen every James Bond film multiple times. So I was like... I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm a dude who owns Godzilla the Animated Series uh, from the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, so the fact that I'm laughing at this person makes it, like, he should know that that makes him look even stupider. It's like, if you're getting laughed at by somebody whose tastes are obviously garbage, bo- bottom of the barrel, Cloverfield Paradox level, then, yeah, so then you're really in an so odd spot. So your proposals for the season finale, we watched the other, the sequel to Man with the Golden Gun, yes. basically, which... For sure, I'm not gonna do. <laughs> You're not gonna do that. No, there's no way. I'll there's watch no that. way. You wouldn't do it again, dude. Think about how many nice memories it'll. Bring Thirteen up. episodes. That means I have to watch that like in like two months. Like, no way. What are we at? This is four, five, five, <clears throat> five. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't film four today. No. Tape. Film them. Yeah, we film it like Jeopardy. We film them. Have you been watching Jeopardy with James Holtzauer? Uh, no, I'm 31. I'm not. Eight, I'm not 85. Uh, it's not time to take my pills because it's four in the afternoon right. and I don't need extra five. All right, Dan's have never seen Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna review seasons one through 86 of Jeopardy. First off, this question guy, by question. This guy James Holtzauer is fucking crushing it. Have you heard anything about him? I uh, hear he's like the new Ken Jennings. He's dude uh, better. He's he's one like people are always gonna get more encyclopedic and smarter. This dude's fucked up though the way he's he plays. Aspergic. That's probably he's um so he's a professional gambler oh. and like baseball analyst. Does he like wear sunglasses when he's on Jeopardy? No, dude, he's fucking this half Japanese dude and he sits there. Just, he's like, fucking a half Japanese dude. Yeah. Oh no, he is a half. He's, he's half Japanese. Yeah. What did you think I said? I thought you said he was. You said he's fucking a half Japanese. Dude. Oh, <laughs> that's. Really You're like specific. he's fucking half Japanese dude, but you said it like he's fucking a half. Yeah, Japanese he's fucking dude. him. Um, I think the next theme song, or maybe on this theme song, I'll just have the clip of you going, he's fucking a half Japanese. Yeah. Dude. So this dude jumps around Post, baby. all over the board and just does true daily doubles all over the place. Okay. Um, if you look at the top 10 highest single day Jeopardy scores, he's all 10 of them. He's wow. he's won like $3 million so far. That's pretty, it's that's okay. Man. It's super dark, dude. Like you watch this game and these people, like I've taken the Jeopardy test. These people, they have to... T- like wait on register for a test, wait online for it to start, take the test, pass this insanely hard test. Do they have to take then, a drug test? No, I don't know. Hold on, I'm doing a thing here. So then, so then they get, dude, they get through the fucking test. Then through random drawing of everyone who gets over like 90% on the test, then they have to drive to like one of like a small handful of major cities to go audition. So like go to Washington DC, go through this whole thing. Then maybe they get selected to be on the show, at which point they have to fly on their own expense to fucking California to film it. What? They can't even fucking fly these people so, out. So, there is so far, that means like a hundred people who went through that entire process probably dreamed about paying their fucking bills with this money, and they go and they have to face this fucking guy. Dude, the scores will be like chick in the middle, uh, 4,000 at the end. Mm-hmm. Dude, in the end, like 11,000. James, 115,000. So then in the final Jeopardy, he'll bet like 50,000 because like they still can't catch him and then he'll win and they'll be like, all right, he just won $212,000 today in a one round of Jeopardy. It's well, fucking crazy. Now we're doing uh, an episode with Jeopardy and Criterion App Talk. So if you're still awake out there and resonate with what's going on here, God bless you. Yeah. So what other movies? I watched Black Klansman. It was good. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. It was a uh, return to return this to form. Is what, <laughs> yeah. This is what's going to happen if we start watching good movies. We watch the good movies. Yeah, oh, yeah it's good. What else? Uh, oh, I watched Van Wilder. Yeah, yeah good movie. <laughs> it's wildly offensive. Very bad, but very good. Yeah. Um, Again, Tara Reid, that's the performance of her career, for sure. Yeah. Tara Reid, what happened to Tara Reid? Drugs. And botched plastic surgery. Yeah. You should look up pictures when her 
botched breast came out of her gown and it was like all mangled and shit. It was Uh-oh. horrible. All right. Well, everybody sleep well out there. I feel um, like we should f- f- come up with a topic real quick that'll like... It's five o'clock. Okay. But something funny it, needs gotta... to happen. This has been hilarious. All right. Should we get Nala up This here? is one of my favorite episodes. All right. On re-listen, you're going to be like, why didn't we cut it off sooner? It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> Maybe I should have cut it off before the Jeopardy thing. Well, Maybe not. Do you think the audience base is not into what's going on in Jeopardy? No, I don't know. It's that's Game a, of Thrones is over now. Show. This is the fucking most like intriguing plotline happening on television right and now. I would argue that that's not true, but <laughs> it, all right. Tell me, tell me what's more intriguing character arc happening than James Holtzauer on Jeopardy right now? Chernobyl. All right. Well, I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, catch up, and we'll talk about it next time. Okay. Good. What are we watching next time? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. We have all. I mean, we never did the time travel episode. So we could do that, or we could do we have these movies still, another showdown, or who knows what. But you know, we'll uh, maybe we'll let our audience vote on what we should yeah, do next. We'll watch like a bunch of like of those parody movies, like like Detective like, Pikachu, like like date movie and shit. Oh, like date movie, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> like scary movie. Five. I've seen all those movies a million times. Have you? Have you ever seen the one that's like uh, like the super bad forty year old virgin bro? Like yes, on a plane, yes. <laughs> And, uh, wow. That's a really special movie. Yeah. Maybe we should watch that. Yeah. Nah. I don't know, maybe not. All right. Well, I, I feel like this is... Do you want to sign us off? I feel like I'm always the one who's like, you know, subscribe, like us on Facetunes. Yeah. I feel like we need to talk to you guys about the lack of feedback and commentary. Yeah, like, on... if you're out there, say something. If yeah. you're out there right now, post the letter D yeah. under the status. Because yeah. I don't think you're there. I look at the metrics for our podcast listens, and there's, like, <laughs> a solid 50 per episode, and, yeah, and we at? only account for, like, 30 of those. Where are you at? The silent majority, yeah. you know? Speak yeah. up. Give us some fucking guidance. Tell us it. if we're boring you to death, yeah. honestly. Give cause... us some ideas, because we, we ran out of them. No, I have a few more up my sleeve. Yeah. Such as, uh, nope, I ran out. You're right. Yeah. So we come up with our next episode. Because otherwise, next episode's going to be about baseball movies. It's going to be fucking oh. two hours of talking about how good the Sandlot is. Oh, no, I love Sandlot. Yeah. That's the only one. On, and Angels in the Outfield. Well, and League of Their Own, and, and The Babe, and, and the babe. fucking... Uh, Did I already say The, the Babe? about uh, 42? About, uh, 61? 61. Oh, 42 is the one about Jackie Robinson. About Jackie Robinson. 61 is the one about Roger Maris. Oh my god, one. now we're doing baseball movies. Yeah, you said... Uh, baseball special! T- no, some would say that Twilight is a baseball movie. Uh, maybe we should do all the Twilight <laughs> movies? I don't know. Yeah. Alright, people. It's been real. Yeah. Um, see you soon. And uh, as always, this was the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Dan Enden. <laughs> and I'm uh, Dan Lines. That really threw you off. Yeah. Bye. Don't be worried. It's not going to be a problem. Are you feeling stage fright? Yeah. Are you feeling the pressure of being a famous podcaster right now? Yeah, like, I don't want to let my fans down. I don't want you to let your fans down either. <laughs> um, do you think that CBD hand lotion will help you out from being so nervous right now, huh? <laughs> it's possible. Okay, so this is a new segment that we're going to do called Rachel's Review Corner, where I drag my wife um, into watching something, and uh, then I I have her talk about it, because she's the real expert here. Wouldn't you think so, Rachel? Would you agree that between the two of us, you're the expert on on all things movies? Definitely. Okay, so this is Rachel's Review review Corner. All right, Rachel, take it away. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to take it away. Uh, Last night, we watched a brand new movie from 2019 that was out in theaters. That movie was called... Rachel, go ahead. I don't remember. You don't remember. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is a movie we watched about eight hours ago. Uh, Rachel's Review Corner off to a strong start. Wait, wait, wait. It was called Captive State. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everything... It took everything in your brain. That was like you backed into the ultimate corner. And you did it. The information's in there. It's in there. This is what I'm always thinking. The information's in there. Like when you're like, oh, we we watched a movie an hour ago. I don't remember a single thing about it. Is that really true? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Um, Last night we watched... um, Captive State, um, which is a new sci-fi uh, film from John Goodman um, and uh, Rupert Wyatt, I think was the director, who directed um, 
uh, the new Planet of the Apes reboot movie, uh, the one with James Franco, which I believe Rachel's not really a fan of those new Planet of the Apes movies. The new ones with like the digital monkeys, they make you very sad. It, they're just too sad. It's, it's just too sad it's to too see much, the monkeys too getting much hurt. animal abuse. <laughs> we don't want to see the monkeys get hurt. But maybe one day we'll watch those. Those were good. Mm-hmm. But um, today we watched uh, Captive State and... Uh, Yikes. Yikes. This is not our favorite movie we've ever seen, I don't think. Um, Started off pretty strong. It had a pretty cool alien in the beginning. He yeah. had spikes. For um, some reason, they decided to show the whole alien in the first 30 seconds of the movie. I think... I want to say they probably went back and re-added that in because they realized the first 45 minutes of the movie had no aliens in it. Mm -hmm. It just had poor people running around the streets of Chicago doing what? Just planning some sort of revolution against the aliens. I think the beginning half actually made more sense, even though it was kind of boring. I was following it. They were trying to figure out how they were going to start the next step of the revolution. Um, Mm. But it got really, really horrible in the middle. I think the problem is, too, that, like, we've seen now how many movies with this exact plot where the aliens have already taken over and the, the there's, like, a city that's, like, basically being um, run like a prison state by the aliens. I feel like we've seen this, like, a hundred times. Remember, there was a show that we watched... A little bit with uh, Sawyer from Lost, uh, where he was in the exact same situation. It was like a prison city run by aliens, and you never saw the aliens in that show. I mean, maybe you saw them a hundred episodes after where we quit. We quit so soon into that one. But I think that all all these crappy movies and TV shows are all trying to do what District 9 did, because District 9 was like, that movie starts when the aliens are already on Earth, and people are already coexisting with them and it's a whole socio-political comment on all sorts of things whereas with a movie like last night it kind of felt like they just skipped the fun parts it's like i would rather see the spiky aliens take over the city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than see a bunch of like no-name actors running around nine years after this invasion trying to do some kind of like plan that they only let the audience in on sometimes i guess for like dramatic tension but it made me feel like i had no idea what they were doing ignite a match ignite a war so stupid (laughs) this is one of those movies that starts with like 400 lines of text on a computer screen which is like i hate when movies start like that like you can tell more to an audience with three images than you could with 900 lines on the computer and I think you even turned to me at the end of the credits and you were like, Who, who's writing these computer Yeah, it was, like, it was like a computer diary. You were watching the, somebody type kind of what was going on with the state of the world on a computer. Yeah, it was like, then, years later, the aliens did this and then we had to do that. And it ended up with like, you gotta ignite the match to start the revolution. And then they said that in the movie 400 times. Um, and I don't understand how... With one bomb in one city. Yeah, I don't know. Can I give away anything oh, about yeah, the yeah, movie? Yeah. Does mm-hmm. it matter? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they wanted to basically blow up some of the aliens to prove to the rest of the humans that it's possible for us to <laughs> take back over our Earth and okay. not be um, allied with the aliens because the aliens were actually just using us and didn't want to be allies with us. Yeah, but- I, I don't think there's any situation in which... Uh, if the world was in the state that it was in that movie, that people all wouldn't be trying to fight back. I don't see a, a situation where everyone's like, oh, the aliens are our legislators now. We got to respect them. It's like very obvious that they are sucking all the minerals out of the earth. All the sky is green mm-hmm. in the movie. They show Chicago in the beginning yeah. and there's like smoke clouds that look like giant farts like coming out of every part of the city. <laughs> and like the aliens look like they're uh, in giant flying raisins. It was kind of like a giant like a raisin or a like a yeah. shattered granola bar flying through they used the same shot of like yeah. this one they had a it was basically a rock that was an alien ship a large cliff yeah. that would lift off which was their ship and they used the same shot of the cliff Twice. rising above the ocean and flying away the exact same <laughs> um shot just two times i mean the aliens were in the movie for probably five minutes right i mean in total yeah. So Brandon, basically, you, about halfway through the movie, they accomplished their goal of uh, lighting this, the this lighting the match, igniting a war. They yeah. they uh, they blow up the alien that they were intending to blow up, and then there's a whole second half that, to be honest, Dan and I kind of fast forwarded yeah, through we a, did little a little bit of fast it. Fast forwarding. Um, it was just a lot of conversations that were 
kind of hard to understand. The dialogue wasn't super clear. It was just a lot of back and forth um, of dialogue in, like, poor areas of this new Chicago. Yeah. I mean, we did a thing where it was like, let's fast forward until we see more aliens. And it never happened. It went all the way to the end. We reached the credits. And we were like, oh, there's there's not, there's not, no more aliens. That and then was... there was this whole thing in the movie where there was this part called the closed zone, okay, which yeah. was this is like a, um, a part of a hundred different movies. A part of Chicago where basically it was initially where the aliens came down and I guess kind of settled there and had some kind of nesting ground un- yeah, underneath. Like we don't really know state. because they, they kept it pretty mysterious and they kept alluding to us, figuring out. They kept saying, oh, you, you don't want to go down there. Only one person can, only the legislator can go down there and you saw the mayor of the city get into suits and go down there and at the very end finally you know John Goodman's character he was the one who would get to go down there and it that's it ends you don't get to see what's um, down there since this is Rachel's review corner I'm just wondering what what's Rachel's official review of John Goodman as a person you said last (laughs) night uh I think you described him as disgusting. Is that uh, you said? <laughs> I think I said gross. Yes, you said he's gross because John John Goodman in this movie, uh, and this is one of the most puzzling, unnecessary parts of the movie. It kind of reminded me of all the stuff we've been watching recently, like The Sinner with Jessica mm-hmm. Beale, mm-hmm. where the cop has all these weird fetishes and is a weirdo. And then <sighs> yes. we watched The Night of, uh, which was a show on HBO, where John Turturro, who played a cop, had weird feet. That were always itchy and always disgusting. And the whole movie was about, like... Or the whole show was about, like, his disgusting feet. And then in this movie, John Goodman, who otherwise would have been a nice character, had, like, a prostitute. Right. Uh, it had a prostitution problem. Who was very hot. Who was it's very the hot. mother from... The mother from Bates Motel, who is uh, in a lot of things that I've personally seen recently. She's in pretty much any movie that has aliens or giant monsters in it. They just throw Vera Farmiga in it. I guess uh, that she's like the hot genre actress right now for that kind of thing. Anyway, she was all over John Goodman, and he was making an upside-down frown face with the wrinkles like in his cheeks that just made him look very unattractive, Uh, and it didn't make a lot of sense. John Goodman, as he is right now, has lost about 200 pounds from where he used to be. Um, <laughs> which I think has left him looking particularly like skinny, not skinny, like, like full of skin, like full of skin. Yeah, yeah. skin hyphen Y. Like he has too much skin, drooping, wrinkly skin. He's got drooping wrinkles. <laughs> he had a, little, he had a little upside down frowny face. Um, and uh, yeah, he was not very compelling to look at. Uh, and then the other actors in the movie, uh, there was two African American brothers who were kind of, kind of the focal point of the movie. The bottom line is the movie had no discernible main character. Mm-hmm. That was and a huge problem. The main character of the movie would disappear for twenty minutes at a time. Who was the younger of these two brothers? And he would reappear in circumstances where uh, Rachel and I would look at each other and just go, "Where the, where's he been? Like, what has been happening with him?" And I guess it was a movie where they're trying to show. A whole situation from different uh, angles and points of view, but it ended up just feeling like a jumbled mess that had, like, no aliens. That's my dog squeaking her toy. <laughs> we usually don't let Nala in uh, for the podcast, but on Rachel's Review Corner, all animals are allowed. <laughs> that is the squeaking of her stuffed donut. Um, so, yeah, long story short, this movie was a mess. It felt like it should have been on Netflix. It didn't feel any more expensive than Bird Box. Mm-mm. It felt... Maybe less expensive yeah. than Bird Box. It had nothing going on in terms of visuals other than, you know, seeing the aliens like every 45 minutes for three seconds, which I hate. I hate when you can't oh, see the aliens. Also, there were two different kinds of aliens never really explained. Uh, no, I think that... I think that, They were security aliens? Or? I think we probably missed the explanation, but I want to say that those aliens had two different kinds of suits. One which was a space suit and the other which was a hyper-reactive like spine suit that made them look like sea urchins, which was a cool visual, I guess, but it looked so unrealistic. It looked like nothing you'd see in reality, even though maybe, you know, that's the point. They're aliens. But at the same time, it looked ridiculous. I it thought looked- it looked very cool. And then in the, one of the very only two scenes that you're able to see with the sea urchins, a guy was able to jump on top of him, tackle him, and start stabbing him. Yet he was covered yeah, was in spot. Cover- <sighs> he was covered in... Uh, uh, spinies. Spinies that I mean, were extremely long, and yeah. it was basically like a giant porcupine, but somehow some human was able to jump on him and, like, stab him. 
But how yeah, would you they, jump well, on they a suit? So powerful in the beginning, right. these aliens, and like they could liquefy you in seconds. And then throughout the movie, they kind of show that the aliens are pretty much weak, malleable, destroyable. They blow them up with bombs. They stab them. They didn't seem that tough. It didn't seem tough enough that... And they didn't show enough aliens that you would believe that the population of Earth, which is in the billions, would succumb to the technology and power of these aliens that you could kind of blow up and kind of just like stab and run away from and... It just was like not... I just don't know how you could jump on a pointy suit. Yeah, Doesn't so make it sense. You would be pointed all the way through your body. <laughs> it was not a movie that made a ton of sense at any real level. Um, One part that was cool was they had these um, clear kind of this new way of bombing things, yeah. and it was like this putty that, that was, was maybe clear. The only cool design in the movie. And when it was activated, you could it camouflage into anything you put it, it on. Kind of like a jellyfish. It looked like a jellyfish, but if you put it, like, let's say you stuck it on your own body, it would, like, morph into your pants and be invisible and undetectable, which yes, was cool. That was cool. And they used that as their main form of um, bombing and the aliens, igniting the match, the igniting plot, the war. Yeah. <laughs> igniting the match, igniting the war. <laughs> I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. Oh, you're all you. done. You don't have any other further notes on that? I want to keep people... Uh, Guessing, kind you, of. You want people coming back to Rachel's review corner yeah. next time without. Maybe they'll give the movie on. a chance themselves. I would I'd give it not. a four out of ten. I would give it a. Maybe a three out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to say a four out of ten. I'll agree with your four out of ten. Okay. Okay, this has been Rachel's review corner of the movie. Captive State. Yes, Captive State. <laughs> that was a good job. <laughs> Thought you would have forgotten it again by the end of this conversation. <laughs> Okay, thanks everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Say bye. Bye.